Lord, to bless each and every one in this room today, dear God. Let them hear your words, God. Bless the ones listening out online today, dear God, and let them hear you today, dear God. Let them hear right from you today, dear God. Speak right into their heart, God. Speak right into their situation, God. Speak right to them today, dear Jesus, Lord. And we'll give you all the praise and honor, God. You are a good God, and we love you. We're so thankful for your presence, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. So thankful for the presence of God. I need him. Amen. I need him. Amen. I'm going to need him tonight. Amen. Uh, I don't know why, but the nerves are a little bit more than normal tonight. I didn't think it would be. I said, well, there's not a lot of people here. Maybe I won't be so nervous tonight, but for some reason it just seems like uh, I need your prayers tonight. I need you to, uh, to lift me up as I lift God up. Amen. Amen. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a restart, if you will. We're going to be talking about the, along the lines of a restart. Uh, it's going to be our title tonight. I don't know about you. How many of you, that's a little bit hot, Kevin. If, uh, how many of you have ever ordered uh, something online or maybe bought something and it had these words on it, some assembly required? You ever done that? You ever done that? You ever bought something that said some assembly required? I'm going to tell you right away that, that that's a lie because there is a lot of assembly required, okay? I don't know about you. Uh, my wife and my daughter, they, for some reason, they, they wanted to change everything when I was out sick and over, uh, over uh, the Christmas break. They wanted to change all of our dressers and put our clothes in these little organized cubi- yep. cubicle yep. type things. But I had to put those things together. And uh, it was a uh, lot of assembly. It said some assembly, but it was a lot of assembly required. And I'm not one of those hard-headed men. Like Whenever you think of uh, people with instructions, you think of hard-headed men that throw the instructions. I'm not one of those guys. I don't throw the instructions away. <laughs> right? I usually start with the instructions. Right? I have the instructions. I lay everything out. I'm I'm going uh, to try to get my bolts, my screws, where I have them, my tools, and I try to do all that before I get started, and I try to stay right in line with the instructions. I try not to get ahead of myself, but more times than I like to admit, I make mistakes, amen, because a lot of times I skip a step or I forget a step or maybe I uh, overlook something or whatever it is, and a lot of times I make some mistakes, and a lot of times I figure it out way too late. You ever done that when you're putting something together? I have a bookshelf in my house right now that the unfinished side is showing a little bit, not much. You can't hardly see it. If you, don't, if you come to my house, don't start looking for it, right? Because it bothers me when I see it, but I ain't going back. <laughs> I went too far. I didn't realize it until I started putting books in. So I wasn't going back. But uh, I realized that way too late. And a lot of times when you make a mistake and you're assembling something and you realize that, you know, on down the line, you, you have to do something that is really terrible, and that's disassemble and even start over, right? Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to start over, take apart and start over, you know, wherever you made that mistake at? I hate doing that. I hate starting over, amen? But sometimes it's just unavoidable. I was reading a story about uh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, of course, everybody knows who Thomas Edison is. But in 1949, 1914, there was a, a fire in one of his laboratories. He had this big laboratory complex down in New Jersey, and there was a fire. And I read where these flames, these chemicals got into these flames, and it was like a really, really hot, like an inferno. And it was burning like 100 feet up in the sky. It was a huge fire. And uh, Edison, you know, he watched this, his building being burned down from another building. The other building held all his batteries and stuff like that and, uh, for, in this factory, and it had these 
fireproof walls, so he was able to stay in there, and that, that room didn't have any damage. But all of his other stuff burned up. All of his inventions, all of his paperwork, all of that stuff burned up. Back then, they didn't have computers. They had papers, right? right. So when you had a fire, you lost everything. And uh, he lost everything. After the fire, uh, Edison received a telegraph uh, from another, uh, another uh, inventor. His name was uh, Nikolai Tesla. You know him from the cars, of course. But uh, as one of the, uh, he said, as one of the millions of your advisor, uh, admirers, I send you my sympathy, he wrote. It's not only a personal and a national loss, but it's a world loss because you're one of the greatest inventors in the world. Uh, the 67-year-old Edison, 67 years old, remember what I said, 67-year-old Edison said, it's okay, I'll just start over tomorrow. Amen, I'll just start over tomorrow. And true, Edison was one of those people that, you know, a mistake would not stop him, right? And that's just how he was. And uh, in his fashion and, you know, the way he did things, this led right to an invention. Uh, this man, he had over 1,093 different patents in his name, uh, the light bulb, the phonograph, the the camera, the movie camera, all of those stuff he invented. But what he noticed was the firemen were having a hard time seeing because of all the smoke. So two days later, he invented a powerful battery searchlight for the uh, firemen. So he lost over a million dollars worth of equipment in that time. That was a lot of money. And uh, he lost a record of all his work, lost everything. The next morning while he was walking through all these embers or whatever you call them or this damage, he was walking through it. He said, there's value in disaster. All our mistakes are now burned up. Now we can start over. Amen. Now we can start over. How many of you know that trials and tribulations have a purging effect on your life? Amen. A lot of times, whenever we go through trials and tribulations, we'll have a, a purging effect on our life, and we have an opportunity where we can start over and where we can restart. See, a lot of times when we have troubles and trials come, we find ourselves at a moment where we need a restart, if you will. We need a fresh start in life. See, there's a word that's become part of our everyday language lately, and that word is restart. You know, before we had phones and computers, that restart word wasn't really a word. I don't think, you know, nobody ever said restart, right, before we had phones and computers, but now that's just part of our everyday language. See, normally restart, when you think of a restart, you think of a phone that has frozen, or you think of a computer that's frozen, so you have to hit the restart button because it becomes stalled, right, or it becomes stuck, and you just you get mad at it and you hit that reset button, or you have to cut your phone off, and you have to restart it. I wonder today, has your spiritual walk ever become stuck? Amen? Has your spiritual walk ever become stalled? Have you ever had to hit the restart button on your spiritual walk? See, many of us today have made a lot of mistakes in our lives as Christians, and a lot of us have experienced a lot of setbacks. A lot of us have experienced a lot of failures throughout our lives. And sometimes we allow those mistakes, those setbacks, those failures to kind of enslave us to a point where we can't really enjoy this full Christian life that God has promised us. See, a lot of times we as Christians, we don't want to admit when we make mistakes because we're perfect, right? We don't want to admit we make mistakes because we're, we don't want to admit that we sin. A lot of times we don't want to admit that, you know, we... Uh, we fail, right? And a lot of times whenever we do that, you know, we don't want to admit that we get off the path, that we make mistakes, that we trip up. And instead of admitting these and repenting or hitting that restart button, if you will, we kind of continue to walk in that. And that's where you get to start putting the mask on. 
where you start kind of faking it, if you will, right? Because you're stuck in this path, off of the path, if you will. And then, you know, we, after a while, you can't find your way back. See, if, you, if you're going down a road and you take a step off the path, it's easy to get back on. But if you stay off the path and you continue to travel, it's really hard to get back on that path. Amen? That's true. So we need God sometimes to restart us, if you will, and get us right back on that path. We're coming into a new year, amen. All of us prayed for 2020 to end, right? All of us said, man, if we could just make it to 2021. I don't, 2021 isn't looking much different. No. Right? It isn't looking much different, guys. No. Right? But we're coming into a new year, and it's a great time for us to reflect on where we are. It's a great time for us to reflect and allow God to search our hearts. David says, search my heart, O oh God. Right? And that's what we need to do. And I think it's a great time for us to just uh, ask God, is this the way he intended us to live? Amen. Amen. There's a scripture in John 10, 10 and 11 that you've heard many, many times, I'm sure. And it says, John 10 and 11, if you can put that up there, Kevin. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. We, uh, we quote that first part a lot, don't we? Because whenever we get in trouble, we say, oh, well, that enemy, he's come to kill us. He's come to destroy us, right? But we, God comes so that we may have life abundantly. Amen. Right. Amen. He said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd give his life for his sheep. The Bible says that Jesus came so that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Then he goes on to say that there is an adversary. That word adversary means an enemy, one that opposes you. I want you to know today that the enemy, Satan, he opposes you. He is your absolute enemy. Amen. And he is called the devil. And he seeks to kill. He seeks to steal. He seeks to destroy your life. The devil will remind you of your past in order to keep us from enjoying this life that God gave us to live. See, the devil doesn't want you to have a restart in life. Amen. The, the devil wants to keep you bound up. He does. He wants to keep you bound up by that past and the mistakes you've made and the failures. He wants to keep you all bound up in that so that you can't enjoy this life. The good news is we serve a God of fresh starts. Amen. We serve a God of restarts, if you will. We serve a God that knew the word restart before it was ever invented. Amen. We serve a God that wants you to have a new beginning, wants you to have a freshness in your life today. I don't know about you. That makes me excited. Amen. When I look at God who wants me to have a fresh start and a new beginning, Right? He wants us to have this uh, new beginning. Uh, see, last year when we were going into 2020, I don't know about you, but, you know, whenever you go into a new year, you start thinking of, you know, I'm going to do this different. Right? I'm going to do this different. I'm going to change some things. And a lot of us going into 2020, we said, I'm going to read the Bible more, right? I'm going to grow in my relationship with God. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to get more involved in church. I'm going to spend a lot more time serving. I'm going to spend a lot more time helping others, right? And we just say these things and the fact is, most of us here made some mistakes and we made some bad decisions and we, we didn't do those things as we intended to do, right. Right? right? We didn't do the things that we intended to do, and a lot of times we didn't do the things that we intended to do to help us deepen our relationship with Jesus. Amen. So here at the beginning of this new year, I believe it's a good time for us to, uh, to think about our life and think about where we are and think about a new beginning. It's also a time where we're left with uh, reflections of broken promises last year. Yeah. Pastor Mark talked about that uh, one day. <laughs> he talked about uh, that most uh, New Year's resolutions, like 92% of them fail. Mm -hmm. 
Can you imagine that? You set yourself up for failure. You make a New Year's resolution, you are pretty much going to fail, okay? And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like to fail. So so whenever we uh, think about that, we're kind of left with broken promises and unaccomplished goals. But it's okay. Amen. I got good news today. It's not all bad today. If you go to Isaiah 43, 18 and 9, you'll hear this, which I think is perfect for us today. It's perfect for us this year. 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way into the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. That's a great verse for us today. He says, forget about what's happened before. He says, don't think about the past. He says, it's over. He says, the book is closed. Amen. The past is just that, past. It is past. Amen. So we need to understand that God is a whole lot more interested in our future than he is our past. See, there's a lot of people out there in the world today that think God is hung up on your past. All right? They think that God is just hung up on your past, and that's all he thinks about is the things that you've done. That's not the God we serve. God is not hung up on your past. People may be hung up on your past, right? You may be hung up on your past. God is not hung up on your past. God is telling you today you spent enough time in your past. Amen. You need to move on. It's time to move on into the present. Amen. It's time to pack up our things and move out of the past and into the present. I want to tell you something that really help you if, if you'll grab it today and, you know, just kind of get it into your thick skull, right? Or get it into your being, get it into your thought process, right? We live in the present, we prepare for the future, and we learn from the past, right? We live in the present, we prepare for the future, we learn from the past. We don't live in the past, amen? You do not live in the past. We only learn from it, right? If your life, your thoughts, your sadness, all of that stuff is stuck in your past, it's time to move on, right? See, a lot of times we can't get beyond this depression, we can't get beyond all of these things because we can't get beyond our past. Right, we need to move on. God doesn't want you stuck there anymore. It's time to move on. Amen. Too many people are living in their past. I want you to look at your neighbor today and say, you don't live in your past. Amen. Amen. Now look at your neighbor again and tell them why you're yelling at me. Amen. <laughs> God is saying here, forget about your past. Forget about these former things. Don't even think about them anymore. He's saying he wants to do a new thing in your life today. God wanted to give hope and encouragement to his people here. He wanted them to know that even though where they were was their fault, amen, even though where they were was because of their rebellion and their sin against them, God wanted them to know that their past had gotten them to where they were, but that God didn't intend to leave them there, amen. God wanted them to know that he wasn't going to forsake them. He wasn't going to leave them there. He's not going to leave them stuck where they are. So many people are bound up in their past guilt shame that they can't get beyond it, but listen, there's one thing that we need to understand. Your past got you to where you are. Amen. Your past got you to where you are. It may not have been the route you wish you would have took. And I don't know about you, but there's a, I don't know how in the world I ended up here from where I started. Amen. I took some different routes to end up here. Right? The routes I took should have ended me up in a lot of different places, not in front of a church preaching a word. Amen. But, you know, it, it's not the route I would have took, but it's the route that got me here. Amen. Those relationships, those decisions you made, those mistakes you made, all of those were stepping stones to get you to where you are at this moment. Amen? Right? Now, what are you going to do with this moment? Right? What will you do with this moment? Right? That's the question. Our pastor preached that last week. He talked about where you are. Amen? We are where we are. Now what are you going to do with it? Amen? Amen. It's not what got you here. 
But where are you going to go now? Amen? See, people get too caught up in what got them in a moment instead of what they're going to do with that moment. Right? Whenever you're in a moment, all you can think about is what got you to that moment. But what are you going to do with that moment? Amen? What will we do with the moment we're in? See, God was telling the children of Israel the same thing he wants to tell us today. You're not stuck here, and you're not forsaken. See, the moment you find yourself in today, that's all it is, is a moment. Amen? And God is here with you. God wanted his people to understand that the situation and trials they were experiencing would not be the end of them. I tell people that all the time. Anytime I counsel somebody, I try to get them to understand that where you are right now is not where you're going to be for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of times whenever we get down and we get depressed and we get these thoughts in our head, and that's the way we think, I'm always going to be here. This is how I'm always going to feel. Every day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to feel the same. That's not how you're going to feel the rest of your life. Amen. We serve a God of restarts. We serve a God of fresh starts, a God that wants to do something new in your life. Amen? So, so God wanted them to know that they're, they, they're not stuck, they're not forsaken. He just wanted them to experience a new beginning in their life. See, Israel no doubt was discouraged because they thought that this was the end. They thought that they had gone too far, right? They thought that they had sinned and they had rebelled against God to the point now that he was gone. He had had enough of them. He wasn't going to deliver them anymore. Right, but that's not the God I serve. Amen. That's not the God I read about in the Bible. The God I read about in the Bible, the Israelites messed up constantly, but he was always there to deliver them. He was always there to deliver them. And it goes it done in the New Testament too, always. Right? I bet they thought, you know, this is it, he's not going to deliver us again, it's over. But that's when they began to remember the former things. Amen. That's when they began to remember their past deliverances. See, Israel could remember those past victories today. Amen. So they could go back and they could remember the time that they were trapped at the Red Sea and they had nowhere to go and God made a way. They could remember that when the enemy was about to overtake them, how he provided protection for them. They could remember the former things, amen, but they couldn't see their future. That's when God said, I'm going to do something new in your life. And maybe that's where somebody is today, amen. Maybe today in this room, maybe you feel you just made so many mistakes, you failed so many times, you feel you just send it all away. I've just sinned this all away. You feel God doesn't want to do anything with you anymore. He doesn't want to do anything for you. Maybe you feel you have no future in God. Maybe you feel you just have to keep walking. Maybe I'll keep going to church, but really God's not going to be there with me anymore because I've just sinned it all away. I believe God's telling someone today that he's not done with you. Amen. God is not done with you yet. No matter how old or how long you are, God said, I have plans for you. Amen. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. God's telling someone, I'm about to do something new in your life today. Amen. God is about to do something new in your life. Today I want to share just a simple formula today. Just a simple formula that I believe will help us get a fresh start this year. Amen. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what got you there. Maybe you had some financial issues. Maybe some relationship issues. Maybe you made some moral mistakes. Maybe you really feel like you just blew it this last year. Maybe you made some mistakes that you you just hope nobody finds out about. Regardless of the mistakes you've made today, you can make a fresh start, right? But, it's, but today, I'm going to give you a formula to help you do that. I hope it'll help you do that, amen? And today, instead of using points, I'm going to use something different. I'm going to use an acrostic. You know what an acrostic is? Yeah. Where the words, and it has the stuff that means that. You know what I mean? It, I had it in my, but I didn't put it on the screen. But anyway, an acrostic is you have a word, and the letters of that word mean something else, right? So that's what we're going to use today. We're not going to use points. We're going to use an acrostic. So no three points, an acrostic, amen. But guess what? It's 
you know, it's five letters, so it's really going to be points, okay? <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. I can't get away from it, okay? So the word is start, and if you, if you can spell it all, if you didn't go to where she'll start has five letters. So we're going to have five points, okay? Amen. So today we're going to have five points, and uh, it's in an acrostic, and the word is start. So the first letter in start today is S, right? You know that? Start starts with S, okay? S in our acrostic stands for stop, and that makes, I, I lost every one of you, amen? Start, the, the S stands for stop, right? And I lost most of you there. Stop making excuses, amen? Amen. Stop making excuses, right? Some people never get beyond excuses, right? You, you ever know anybody like that? You ever been one of those people, right? You can, right? If you want a fresh start in this life, you're going to have to stop making excuses, right? You'll have to stop blaming other people too, okay? Uh, I, I want to say something that may hurt a little bit. If you have anything in your hand that could hurt if you throw it at me, please put it down, okay? You're going to have to stop seeing yourself as a victim, Amen? Right? You have to stop seeing yourself as a victim, right? I want to tell you today that other people can talk about you, other people can hurt you, other people can harm you, other people can scar you, other people can do a lot of things to you, but no person can define you. Amen? No person defines you, okay? And no other person can destroy you. Amen? A lot of people think that people can destroy People can't destroy you. No matter what nobody says about you, it will not destroy you. Amen? The only person that can destroy you, the only person that can ruin your life is you. Amen. See, you, a lot of people want to say, you know, well, my parents, don't, listen, your parents, they may have hurt you, okay, and I, I don't want to make light of that. They may have harmed you, right? But they are not responsible for your choices. Amen. Your life, your upbringing is not responsible for the choices you make today, right? They're not responsible for the way we ruin our life, right? The man, the woman, or whatever that harmed you, hurt you, they're not responsible for who you are. Amen, right? Satan, Satan, he may have harmed you, right? He may have hurt you, right? He may have accused you, but he is not responsible for your actions. That's right. Amen? Contrary to popular worldly opinion, the devil has never made anybody do it, right? You hear the devil made me, the devil has never made anybody do it, right? That is impossible, right? The devil cannot make anybody do it. The devil is not responsible for your reactions, right? He may put something in front of you. He may trip you up. He may try to put something in front of you to trip you up, but he is not responsible for your reaction. So we have to stop making excuses. We have to stop blaming others. Today we have to own where we are. Amen. We have to own it. Right? Until we're able to own our part and where we are, we'll never be able to move forward. A lot of people can't never move forward because they can never own the, their, the, their responsible for where they are. Until we're able to admit our mistakes and our sins, we're going to remain stuck where we are. And that's just not like good advice. That's biblical. The, right. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, Kevin. He that, <laughs> he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The Bible said as long as you're trying to cover up those sins, you will not be successful in this life. You, you want Jesus to show you mercy? You want a fresh start? Right? You've got to be honest with yourself and you've got to face up to your problems. Amen? One thing I've learned in my life is that most of the problems, most of my failures are my fault, okay? Don't get me wrong. Every now and then, it's somebody else, right? But most of the problems, most of the failures in my life is my fault, right? I made a mistake. I failed. I did it, okay? 
My wife isn't here tonight, so I can admit this, okay? If she's, I hope she, <laughs> she's probably watching online. But if she's watching online, I can admit this. It's hard for me to admit when I'm wrong, okay? If she was here, she'd be giving the amen, right? She would be, mm-hmm, right, and shaking her head, right? Because it is hard for me to admit when I'm wrong. I hate being wrong, right? I cannot stand to be wrong. Lucky for me, I'm not wrong often, right? Because I hate being wrong. So, I hate being wrong so much. It's just so good that I'm, I'm rarely ever wrong, right? But I think most people are like that, right? Most people don't like to admit when they're wrong. Most people don't like to say, I made a mistake. Most people don't like to say, I blew it. Right, But here God says that if we'll admit we made a mistake, if we'll admit our failures, if we'll admit our sin, if we will confess our sins, that He will show mercy. Amen? And that we will have a chance at a fresh start. See, most of the time, however, the reason we fail to admit we made a mistake and we refuse to admit we failed is because of a much deeper issue. Right? Why do we fail to admit we made a mistake? Why do we fail to admit when we're wrong? See, an, I- an issue that has... a I'm sorry, an issue that has brought down many a person, many a Christian, that reason is pride, right? A lot of times we won't admit we're wrong, we won't admit we made a mistake because we're so prideful, right? Right, that reason is ego. I read somewhere that ego stands for edging God out, right? Edging God out. See, when a person thinks that they know more than God, when a person thinks that they're, you know, that they know how to, to do this life more than God knows, when they, they begin to push God out of their life. And the Bible says that pride goeth before destruction. A lot of people misquote that scripture, right? A lot of people say pride goeth before the fall. Put that up there, Kevin. Proverbs 16 and 18. See, a lot of people say pride goeth before the fall, but that's not what the Bible says, right? It says pride goeth before destruction, right? And a haughty spirit before a fall. Amen. It says a haughty spirit before a fall. Haughty means arrogant. Haughty means superior. Haughty means disdainful spirit. But it says pride goeth before destruction. I don't know about you, but destruction sounds a lot worse than fall. Amen. Pride goeth before the fall. When we think we've got everything figured out, when we think we're, we know what we're doing, we've got all this figured out, well, all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure. So we have to stop making excuses. We have to lay our pride down, and we have to admit when it's our fault, and then we have to get on with our lives. Amen. Have you ever noticed that when people are extremely good at making up excuses, they're rarely ever good at anything else. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? When you see somebody, they can make a lot of excuses, but they can't, they rarely ever can do anything. Why? Because they're so busy thinking of excuses. Right? Why, why can't you get this done? Well, let me tell you. Right? They know why they can't get something done. Right? But they, they're not getting anything done because they're thinking of all these excuses. Right? right. So we've got to stop making excuses. Amen? So S stands for stop making excuses. T stands for take an inventory. That means I need to evaluate my experiences. Amen. See, we're talking about a new year. We're in 2021. We're talking about a new start, a restart, a fresh start. Well, listen, where you came from is still valuable. Okay? No matter what situation you're in today, no matter where you find yourself today, no matter how bad it is, what got you there is still valuable. Okay? Right? The experiences and the failures are still valuable to us. So we need to evaluate those experiences. We need to evaluate those failures, and we need to learn from them. Amen? Galatians 3 and 4 says, Have you suffered so many things in vain? Listen, it's been a tough year. Amen? I'm not going to try to make light of it. 2020, I was thinking about that today, man. If you go back and look at 2020 and the COVID and all the 
riots. I mean, so much stuff has happened this year. It's been a bad year. But, but were all these experiences from this past year, past year wasted? I don't believe there were. No. Amen? No. Right? We've suffered. We've had failures. We've made mistakes. But there is worth in those experiences if you choose to learn from them. Amen? Amen? See, the one thing I've found in this life is failure can be a friend or an enemy. Right? See, you can choose whether that failure is an enemy or a friend by how you react to it, right? You've heard the saying, life is about 99% of how you react to the situations you're in, right? So failure can be an enemy or a friend by how you react to it. And you can choose to either learn from it or you can choose to repeat it, amen? If you fail in this life, you can either choose to learn from it or you can choose to repeat it. See, the story goes, and I know you've probably heard this, that Thomas Edison failed over a thousand times to make a light bulb. You ever heard of that? See, when asked how it felt failing a thousand times to make a light bulb, he says, I didn't fail a thousand times to make a light bulb. A light bulb takes a thousand steps, right? Or either he found 999 ways, right, how not to make a light bulb. How I heard somebody else say it, right? So if you learn from your failure, it can and it will be your friend. But if you choose not to learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it again. Amen? See, I see people making the same physical mistakes over and over and over again. I see people making the same financial mistakes over and over and over again. The same relationship mistakes over and over and over again. And they just continue to fail at them because they refuse to learn from them. Amen? So there's, there's four types of experiences that God can use to shape us. Personal experiences. Our family and our friends we grew up with and our upbringing. Educational experiences, what we've learned or what we've been taught. Spiritual experiences, church camps, church itself, reading the Bible, all of those things. And painful experiences. I used to have a boss that used to tell me all the time that there's really two types of disciplines in life. It's either internal or external, right? That's the only two types of discipline you can have in this life. It either comes from the outside or it comes from within, right? And internal discipline hurts a lot less than external especially if you're a parent right if you're a parent there's two types either you can be disciplined within right or either you can get disciplined right so there's two types of discipline in this life god sometimes because we are stubborn he has to use the external discipline right and he has to get us back on that path and he has to shape us through these painful experiences a lot of people think experience comes from age right a lot of people say well you know i'm i'm however old I am, right, 40, 45 years old, right, so you're pretty experienced, right, but I know a lot of people that are 45 years old that don't have 45 years experience, right, why, because they keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, right, so they don't have 45 years experience, they just keep making the same painful mistake over and over and over again, but I know some young people, they've made mistakes, they've learned from it, and they gain value in that, right, they learn from it, they're not going to, they're not going to do it again, so what have you learned through your experiences, amen? If you don't sit down and take inventory, you may make the same mistakes again, amen? So this year, no matter where you're at in your situation, you've got to take inventory. Another part of inventory after a failure or after a rough year that we've had or whatever it is, is you've got to find out what you're left with, amen? See, a lot of times we only see what's, what's not, right? We only see what's, uh, what's, I'm sorry, I messed that up. A lot of times we only see what's missing. We don't see what we have left, in other words, right? Whenever we take an inventory, and a lot of times we sit there and say, well, I've lost this this year. I lost my job this year, right? I lost my house this year. 
I lost, because I lost my job, I lost my girlfriend, right? I lost all these things this year, but we don't sit down and say, you know, what have I got left? Amen? I don't sit down and say, I've still got my health, right? I've still got my freedom, right? I've still got my mental capacity to some, to some degree, right? I've still got my friends. I've still got my family. I've still got my church family. I've still got my God, amen, right? You need to sit down and say, okay, I'm where I am in this moment. What have I got left I can start fresh with? Amen. What have I got left I can start fresh with? See, I've seen a lot of people lose their marriage, their wealth, their friends, but they move forward with what they have. Amen. A lot of people, you know, they lose something in this life and they just stop because they lost their husband. They lost their wife. They lost their job. They just stop. But a lot of people, with what they have left, they move forward. Amen. So look around today. There are a lot of people that can help you move forward. Amen. I want you to know today that most of us here have been in some sort of situation like you're in today or like you, like the situation that you're in, right? We had some people here that helped us move forward too. See, I've been in a, a, some bad situations and I've had to have some church people help me move forward. I've been in some bad situations that I, I didn't really feel like praying, that I had to help some people, you know, come alongside me and help me pray. Amen. I've had some situations where in, in my life that I needed some people to help me be accountable, right? Some situations where, you know, I was falling or maybe I was in a, you know, a tough spot in temptation or something like that. And so people had to hold me accountable, right? So you have that today. This church is part of your inventory. Amen. This church is part of your inventory. We have support groups, amen, Celebrate Recovery, Hope Ministries, right? We have small groups when we can meet, right? We haven't met in a while. We have church service, right? It is part of your inventory, and we can and we are willing to help, amen. right? Because sometimes we need help, amen? Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need somebody to walk with us. Sometimes we need people to carry us. Sometimes we need people to talk to us, amen? And this church is here to do that. Another that's part of your inventory that's absolutely with you today is God. Amen. God can pull your life back together in a way you never thought could happen. Pastor talked about that the other night when he called us all Humpty Dumpties. Amen. I've got it on film. He called every one of us Humpty Dumpties. But he said he could pull every one of us back together again, and that's true, right? God can pull you back together no matter what situation you're in, right? You'll be looking around saying, how in the world did that happen? You ever been in a situation and... After that, you look back and say, how in the world did that work out like that? It's God. It's just God. Right? You ever been in that situation? I've been in that situation more times than, 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 than I could think of, right, where I can look back and I say, man, I had to God, right, because there is absolutely no way that that situation could have worked its way out without God, right? It's just a God thing. It's just what he does, right? It's just being God, right? He does what, he, what we can't do. So God is not only part of your inventory, He is the most important part of your inventory. Amen. So today, you may be have lost everything you've got, you think, but you're still left with God. Guess what? You've got God. Amen. Right? You've got enough. Amen. You've gotten enough. So stop making excuses. Take an inventory. A stands for acting in faith. The third step in restarting is acting in faith. The Bible says the key to changing anything is faith. Right? Faith, as our pastor has taught us, is simply believing. If you want to change, it will take belief. It will take faith. If you want to change your life, it will take faith. It will take belief. If you want to change your circumstances, it's going to take faith. If you want to change your personality, it's going to take faith. If you want to change anything in this life, it's going to take faith. Jesus said in Matthew 9, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Amen. Right? Amen. That is, that's simple but very powerful statement. 
something I've probably read a thousand times, but I never really took apart and studied till I started studying for this. It said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. That simply means we tend to get out of life what we expect. Amen. Amen. We do. We tend to get out of life what we expect. Whatever we believe we will get out of this life, we will get. According to your faith, it will be done. I believe the King James says, unto you, right? It says, it will be done unto you. So if you believe you will always be poor in this life, guess what? Chances are you'll probably always be poor, right? If you believe you will always be unhappy, guess what? You'll probably always be unhappy. If you believe I'm always going to be depressed, I'm always going to be anxious, I'm always going to be lonely, I'm always going to be this, I'm always going to be that, chances are you will be. Amen? Right? So what are you expecting in this life? What are you expecting in 2021? I messed up at the beginning of this sermon. I said it's starting off like it ended, right? Right? So I messed us all up at the beginning of this sermon, right? What are you expecting in 2021? I'm expecting God to do great things. Amen? Amen. I'm expecting deliverance from this terrible pandemic. Amen? I'm expecting our church to be full again. Amen? Amen. I'm expecting growth, right? I am expecting, right? Are you expecting today? What are you expecting in 2021? Are you expecting the same old, same old? right are you expecting well i'm just going to get up and go to this job every day because that's what i do and i'm just going to be lonely i'm just going to be depressed i'm just going to be anxious i'm just going to be all these things right right what are you expecting this year are you expecting things to get worse Hmm? are you expecting things to get worse a lot of times we just it's just going to get worse i hear that every day it's just going to I'm thinking about taking Facebook off. I already don't watch the news, but then when I get on Facebook, I have to see the news. So I'm thinking about just quitting that too, right? Because all I hear is it's just getting worse. It's going to be worse, right? So if you, if, if, if you just continue making the same choices, we're doomed to repeat it, right? So if you continue to believe the same thing over and over and over again, we're just going to keep getting the same thing, right? But if you believe and act in faith, you will do something positive to ensure that you don't repeat those same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, that's right. right. So if you believe, right, if I believe today that I'm not going to be depressed anymore, if I believe today that I'm not going to be anxious anymore, if I believe today I'm not going to be scared no more, if I believe today that I'm going to ha- be happy, right, then I'm going to do something positive to make that happen. That's true. Right? Yeah. If I believe that this is the day that I'm going to, you know, be happy, right, then I'm going to get out of my house and I'm going to go talk to people and I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to do that to make myself happy. So whatever you believe is what you'll make positive choices to help, the, to help your situation. All right, if I believe I will never have any money, money and I'll, I'll always survive check to check, then I'm not going to do much to change that situation, right? But if I believe that I can positively change that situation, then maybe I'll sit down and make a budget, right? Maybe I'll do the things I, can, I need to do to, uh, to, to change that situation, right? Same with our relationship with God. If I believe I can have a deep, deeper, more abundant life in God, then I'm going to do the things necessary to make that happen, right? If I believe I can have this abundant life that God said I can have, then I'll do more, right? I'll come to church more. I'll go to small groups more. I'll study my Bible more. I'll pray more. I'll do the things that I need to do to have that abundant life, right, if I believe it, right? But if I believe I'll never finish that Bible study, then I probably won't finish it. You ever done that? I know I do. I'll start something. I'll say, I'll never finish this. Right? <laughs> and of course you're not going to finish it because you've already set yourself up for failure. Do it all the time. I am preaching to myself tonight. I could just have that camera right at me and with it right there, and I could just be looking at myself because this is all about me. 
The faith I am talking about today is not just hope, not just wish. It's an affirmative faith that takes a positive action coupled with the help of God to change your life. You understand that? Uh, Did you catch that? Right. (laughs) The faith I'm talking about today is not hope. It's not wish. It's not just hoping that it will happen. It's an affirmative faith that takes a positive action coupled with the help of God to change your life. So if you've got faith and you believe, God will come right alongside you and he'll make that happen. Amen. Right, because some of those things I can't make happen, right? But if I believe and I have faith, God can make it happen, right? And he'll partner with me to make that happen. Listen to this in Acts 3, 1 through 5, and I love to read Acts. It's all about acting in faith. If you read this, Acts 3, 1 through 5, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, that's money, and Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, saying, Look on us. Now catch this last verse. It is really important. And he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of them. He expected to receive something. Amen. This man asked for something, and the Bible said he he expected to receive something. Amen. He expected, you ever asked for something and you, you didn't think he was going to get it, right? I know I have. You've asked, you thought, well, you know, I, I'm going to ask for it anyway, but I know I'm not going to get it, right? But he asked for it and he expected to receive it. Now, he got a lot more than he expected, right? But that's just God, right? God does that. That's what God does. That's his thing, right? That's a God thing, right? You act in faith and God will bless you more than you even expected. But the point I want to make is this man asked and he expected see a lot of times in his life we ask for something and we expect nothing and we get it exactly what we expected a lot of times we'll come and we'll go to the altar and we'll pray and we'll god i need this god and then we'll get up and we don't even expect it right but why did we come up here and pray we don't even expect for it to happen right and we just ask god to fix the situation and we never believe that he would fix it to begin with god i wish you would heal this situation in my life but we never believe he'll do it and guess what? We, we'll, we'll get what, you know, God can fix it. If, if that's him, you know, that's just what he does. But if we, if we don't expect it, then we're probably not going to get it. A lot of times we can't act in faith because we're too busy feeling sorry for ourselves. We can't act in faith because we can't quit having pity parties for ourselves. Sometimes we can't act in faith because we're afraid we will fail, right? I've dealt with that my entire life. I have a fear of failure. I have a fear of looking stupid, right? So, um, and I've done that. I've had that my whole life. You know, I have a, I guess, you know, a confidence issue, if you could say that. So a lot, I deal with that. But um, a lot of times we can't act in faith because we're so afraid we're going to fail. So we, we just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't get up there and talk in front of people because I want to look stupid. I'm going to have nerve problems. I'm going to get up there and sweat to death up there. <laughs> but you know what? You've got to act in faith, right? Every time I feel like God is calling me to do something, I focus on the things I've messed up in my past. You do that? Every time God says, you need to do this, all I start thinking about is the things I failed with last time he told me to do something. I focus on the things I failed before. I tell you, though, the easiest way to set yourself up for failure is to focus on failing. If you ever, if you ever going to do something, if you start focusing on the ways you'll fail, right, we tend to reproduce whatever we focus on. Whatever we focus on, that tends to be what happens, right? According to your faith, it will be done unto you. Amen according to your faith if we want to be successful in something we have to learn from our failures amen that's just that's just common sense right if we want to be 
successful, we got to learn from our failures. Failure is how you become successful. You figure out what won't work, right? That's what Edison did. He figured out a thousand ways a, a light bulb wouldn't work, and then he found a way that it would work. So don't call it a failure. Call it an education. Learn from your failures, amen, and act in faith for your future. And don't be so paralyzed by your fear that you never act in faith. See, faith isn't the absence of fear. It's moving forward in spite of your fear. Amen. I, I, I was listening to, I, I was going to call him Tony Dungy. Tony Evans. I was listening to Tony Evans, and he was talking about how faith is, is not about your feelings, but it's about your feet, right? Because, you know, you can get stuck in your feelings, right, and your feet don't move, right? Or you can not have, you, you can think you don't have faith, and you can think you don't have faith, but your feet are still moving, right? So you do have faith. And if faith is, is more than just like thinking I have faith, in other words, right. right? And if you sit around and say, oh, I have faith in God, but you never do anything, right? Then probably don't have faith, right? Because you're not doing anything with it. Faith is about action, right? Faith is about action. So we have to stop making excuses, taking inventory, act in faith, and R is refocus, right? 2020 was the year of what? Vision. It was the year of focus, right? We, we preached about that. Going into 2020, I mean, who couldn't preach about that? I mean, it was 2020, of course, you're going to preach about vision. Of course, you're going to preach about focus, right? I say 2021 has got to be the year of refocus, right? Because we lost our focus, right? We lost our vision a little bit, amen? So I'm, think, I'm talking tonight about refocusing your thought life there, amen? Refocusing your thought life. If I want a fresh start this year, I need to rethink the way I think, Amen? See, I've told this many times, but I've told you, you know, I battled anxiety for a long time. And at times, it was pretty bad. I, I don't battle it anymore. God delivered me from that. I, 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 don't think, I don't remember last time I felt anxiety or depression, right? So I battled that for a long time, right? And one thing that I found out, though, is that the way you think determines the way you feel, right? The way you think, if you think these uh, thoughts of depression or you think these thoughts of of anxiety and you sit there and think it I remember we'd be going down the road and I'll be like man what if I have a panic attack and all of a sudden guess what I start having a panic attack right and then my wife had to take me home you know so uh, the way we think a lot of times determines the way we feel so if you want to change the way you feel change the way you think you want to change the way you act change the way you think amen so if you're discouraged depressed distressed it may be because you're thinking discouraged depressed distressed thoughts right Right? If you're watching the news and you're sitting there staying up half the night watching the news and, and you're thinking all these depressed, distressed thoughts, guess what? You're going to wake up depressed and distressed. Right? That's, you got, you got to turn that mess off. You've got to quit thinking those thoughts. Right? And those thoughts are a choice that we make. Amen? We, we make that choice. Right? It, you, you don't have to dwell on those thoughts. Amen? You don't have to dwell on those thoughts. And um, listen... This isn't just a talk about positive thoughts. See, you can get that anywhere. You can get the, the power of positive thinking. You can get that anywhere, right? And, but it, this is biblical. The Bible says that we have to change our thought pattern. It says in Romans 12, 2, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So positive thinking was a biblical thing, right? We have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if we really want a, a fresh start, if we really want to restart, we have to do, stop dwelling on old thoughts. Amen. If you want to do something new in this life, you can't be thinking about old things, amen? These memories and these thoughts that keep you bound, they got to go, 
right? You have to let go of those things. The more we hold on to the memories and the thoughts of the things that hurt us, the more we allow them to hurt us. Amen. If you won't let go of those things that hurt you, let go of those thoughts that hurt you, and guess what? They're going to continue to hurt you. We've got to renew our minds. We've got to let go of those painful, hurtful memories, right? We need to let go of those shame and guilt we carried, and we need to restart in 2021. Amen? And you say, you know, that's good. You know, that's a great speech, right? But how do you do it, right? right? How do you change your thoughts? Listen, you don't change your thought life by simply resisting it. Amen? You don't change your thought. You can't sit here, and, and I used to think this, right? When I, whenever I first got saved, I thought that, you know, you know, I, I don't want to think that stuff. I don't want to think those things, so I'll just sit here and I'll grit my teeth. And I'll, and I'll think, well, I won't think those thoughts. But guess that You can't stop your thought life by resisting your thoughts, all right? You resist those thoughts by replacing those thoughts. Amen? Amen? So you will never stop those temptation thoughts, those tempting thoughts, by just resisting them. You have to replace them. Amen? Mm-hmm. That's good. Amen? I didn't get but like two amens out of that, and both of them come from the pastor. Amen? <laughs> But that's good, right? If, if you cannot just resist, you have to replace those thoughts, amen? Right? You resist thoughts by replacing them. So stop focusing on the things you don't want in your life no more and focus on the things you do want in this life, amen? Quit focusing on those things that you don't want in your life. Get your attention on something else. And what's the best thing you can get your attention on? Oh, we're in church. Let's talk about God, amen? Right? Let's talk about God. We're in church. Let's talk about His Word, Amen? Let's talk about his word. Psalms 1 says, a man is blessed when he delights in the law of the Lord. That means a man is happy when he meditates on the God. A man is happy when he gets in that word and he meditates on it. He focuses on it. It goes on to say he's like a tree planted on the water. He never dries up. And then whatever he does, the Bible says he prospers. It says if you delight in the law, if you get in that word, if you meditate on it, everything you do, you will prosper. Amen? Right? Whatever you do, you will succeed. There's two things that everybody wants in life, and that's to be happy and to be successful. We may have different thought patterns on what happiness and what success is, but we all want it. Amen. We may not all agree on what happiness is. We may not all agree what success is, but we all will agree that we all want it, right? So it says you must delight. It says you must meditate on the Word. Amen. You must meditate on the Word, right? The way to get those things is by delight and meditating on the Word. The more you meditate on God's Word, the happier and more successful you'll be in this Christian life. You say, does that mean I'll be rich? No, that <laughs> doesn't mean you'll be rich, right? But it also means that it'll be a, a, re- a redefinition, if that's a word, of what you think rich means, right? See, I think rich is a different thing, right, than it, I used to think it was. I used to think rich was being where I didn't have to work, right? But now I am rich because I have God in my life. Amen. I'm rich because my family is healthy. I'm rich because my family is happy, right? My, my definition of rich is completely different than it was when I was young. Amen. So your definition of being happy and successful in this life will change the more you get into the Word. It's really interesting here that the Bible doesn't say, read this book and you will be happy and successful. Right? If it said at the beginning, read this book and you will be happy and successful, I believe more people would read it. Amen. Right? It says you must delight in it. Right? It says you must meditate on it. Right? It says you must get in there and you must study it. Amen. You must get it into your thought pattern. Right? Meditating means I think it over and over and over what it means in my life. Amen. I consider it and I consider its implications on my life. Right? So as we fill our mind with God's word, it begins to change our mind. It begins to replace those thoughts. Right? 
We stop seeing ourselves as other people see us, and we see ourselves as God sees us. Amen? That's where the change takes place, and that's the power to renew your minds. There's power to transform your thoughts. That's the power to restart. Amen? My last point is T. T stands for trust. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to go back and remember all the points now. Right? Oh, I got it right here. Stop making excuses. Take an inventory. Act in faith. Refocus your thought life. And simply trust. Trust. Trust is very similar to acting in faith. But it's very necessary to cover again. Trust like faith. It just means believing. I don't do New Year's resolutions. As I said, you know, I'm so afraid of failure. I don't do them, right? So I don't do New Year's resolutions. I, I got ADD anyway. I'd never make it through a whole year with a resolution, right? So uh, I don't do this. But I do try to come up with a word for the year. And I, I don't talk about that. I never talk about that. I never share my word, but tonight I'm going to share my word, and that word is simply belief, right? And I know you're saying, ah, oh, that's just a cliche word. That's just a pastor word, right? Believe. But listen, I believe no matter what you do in this life, if belief isn't a part of the formula, you will fail. So if you don't believe you'll be successful, you will fail, amen? You have to believe. If you don't believe in what you're doing, you will not be successful. So if you want to restart, we have to believe. We have to trust, Amen. Trust God to help you succeed. Depend on God. You can't depend on yourself. Amen? Right? Did you, did you catch that? Trust God to help you succeed because we can't depend on ourselves. Right? I can't depend on myself. Right? I've proven that over and over and over in my life. I fail myself many, many, many times. Right? So I can't depend on myself. Right? I have to depend on God. Even Paul said that. Right? He said, listen, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I, wanna, I, I don't want to do, I do those things. Right? I, some people never get that they can't do it on their own, so they just keep failing, right? Paul understood that. He understood he needed God. Do you understand today you need God, right? There's people that fail to get up. They stumble and they fall again. They think to themselves, I'll just try harder, right? You ever done that? You know, you fail at something and you think, I'll just try harder, right? And then you stumble, you fall, and you fail again, right? And you try again and you just fail again. And you just keep thinking, well, maybe this time I won't fail. You know what that is? the definition of insanity, right? If you keep doing the same thing over and over and you believe you're going to get a different result, that's insanity, right? And so if you keep doing the same thing, then you will keep getting the same result. So we can't change who we are. Only God can do that, right? And I'm not thinking about this outward man. I keep changing who I am on the outside. I'm thinking about me, inside of me, the real person, the person that's hidden in my heart. Success in this Christian life is not trying harder, but giving control to God. Amen. Success in this life is not about trying harder, it's about surrender. Amen? That's, that's pretty cool. You can't try harder and be more successful with God. It's about giving control. It's about surrender. Zechariah 4 and 6, that's something really cool. It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, right? <laughs> saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Amen? By God. Amen. By his power, by his spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You will not succeed in your own power. You will not succeed in your own strength, but by God's spirit, by God's strength. When you become a Christian, you become a brand new person. Amen. Not the same anymore. You get a fresh start, a restart, if you will. So if you've made mistakes in this past year, maybe you found yourself in a place, in a moment where you just don't know what to do, right? A lot of people say, when they're going into a new year, I'm going to turn over a new leaf, right? You ever said that when I'm going into this new year, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. 
Well, God doesn't want you to turn over a new leaf. He wants you to give a whole new life. Amen. He doesn't want you to simply turn over a new leaf. He wants to give you a whole new life. Amen. So it's, if you just want to turn over that leaf when, when the storm comes, it's simply going to turn over again. But if you try to just turn over that leaf and try to within your own power to, to change who you are, whenever that storm comes, who you are is going to be revealed again. But when God gives you a brand new life, when he gives you a brand new start when the storm comes, guess what? You'll be fine. Amen. You'll be fine because you're like that tree planted by the water whose roots go deep. Amen. So today I'm going to call the worship team up and they're going to sing a song and maybe this was more of a teaching than a preaching. I don't know, but God just was telling me this year that we just need a restart. Amen. And I, I don't mean going back and doing Right now, the Bible does say go back and do your first works. I understand that, right? And I'm not saying go back and do what I'm saying is a restart, right? Because whenever we need a restart on our computer, whenever we need a restart on our phone, it's because we're stuck or we're stalled. So do you find yourself today stuck or stalled in this life? Amen? Do you find yourself today stalled where you are? Do you find yourself stuck? Maybe it's your thought pattern is stuck where it's at. Maybe you can't get beyond these thoughts. You can't get beyond this, this thought in your head that, you know, that uh, you know, everything's going to be the same. It's never going to get better. Everything is it's going to get worse, right? Is that where you feel today? You feel like you're stuck. Well, maybe you need to restart, amen? And you get that by getting in God, amen? You get that by doing the things we talked about today. You get that by going to God and asking Him to take these things from your life. And just believing and trusting that he will. You get that by getting in his word. Amen. You get that by quit thinking about these old things. And quit thinking about the former things as God said. And God's going to do a new thing in your life. Amen. That's how you get those things. Amen. He said he wants to do a new thing. He said he wants to do a new thing in your life. And he says I'll even make a way in the wilderness. Some of you may feel like you're in the wilderness today. You feel like there's no way out. But God said he'll make a way. Amen. He said, I'll make a way even in the wilderness and I'll do a new thing in your life. Amen. So get out of these former things. Quit worrying about what happened in 2020. Quit worrying about what got you to this moment and just think about what am I going to do now? What will I do with this moment now? Amen. And what are you expecting? What are you expecting? What do you believe God's going to do? What are you trusting God for today? If you've got a situation in your life that you just don't know what's going to come out of it, what are you expecting to come out of it? Are you expecting God to do something in that to, to bring Him glory? Or are you expecting it just to be worse? Are you expecting it just to get worse? Are you expecting it not to work out or whatever it is? Are you expecting God to do a new thing today? Today I'm going to pray and wherever you are in whatever situation you is, you, you know however if this message touched you at all, if you didn't cut it off right or whatever it is you know how what God's laid on your heart and God's wanting to do something new in your life so go to him today amen go to him today forget about the former things and go to him today and let him give you a restart today let's pray heavenly father